We can't control everything. We can do whatever we can to stay healthy, but there's obviously things out of our control. But the things that we can control, we can make a choice about how do we want to experience aging. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Adulting can be hard, but you don't have to go it alone. I created this podcast to give you inspiration and let you know you're not alone in feeling stuck in midlife. Both men and women are welcome here, but if you are a woman, I also invite you to join our Midlife Uprising community for women, where we're making waves and reimagining what it means to age. Being part of this community for women will remind you on a regular basis that you're not too old and it's never too late to do that thing you've been thinking about. You can find more information at latebloomerliving.com forward slash community, and I hope to see you there. Hello, my friend. Welcome to this special Where Are They Now episode. Dara Goldberg is joining us here for a second time because since the last time we spoke in October of 2021, Dara has been busy. When we last spoke, Dara had walked away from her very successful 20-year career to start a platform called Love and Midlife. In that episode, Dara talked about her midlife awakening that at first had the markings of a midlife crisis until she realized that it wasn't actually a crisis. It was what she described as a natural evolution. And she wanted to create a community to support other women who were having a similar experience. Well, since we last spoke, Dara has taken on a new mission that is even larger in scope. She is working to get the beauty industry to stop telling women that beauty is reserved for the young and has an expiration date. You know that phrase anti-aging that we see on so many products? Yeah, she's working to get beauty companies to take a pledge to stop using that language. It's a big deal. I can't wait for you to hear all about it. But before we do, I want to take a quick moment to invite you to be on the podcast with me. Late Bloomer Living has a big milestone coming up. I'll be celebrating three years of doing this podcast on June 7th. Three years. Wow, I can't believe it. So this podcast, frankly, is nothing without you. So I'd love to have you be part of the celebration. And here's how. If you have had a breakthrough, big or small, or even teeny tiny, I wanna hear from you. If you are working on something new or have found out something new and exciting about yourself recently, I wanna hear about it. I would like for you to leave me a voicemail with a short version of your story. I have a magic button on my website where you can click on it and leave me a message. If you're game, you can go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast. 
Scroll down that page about halfway and you'll see a button that says send a voice message to Yvonne. Now the voicemail can only be a minute and a half, so if you get cut off, don't panic. Just hit the button. Go ahead and send it, first of all. Hit the button again and leave me the rest of your message and then I can edit it together. Be sure to leave your name and email address in the message so that I can say your name and message you to let you know if I'll be putting your voice on the podcast. Oh, and the deadline to leave me a message is May 31st at midnight Eastern time. That's next Wednesday. It's a week away. You can totally make that deadline, right? Okay, uh, that's that's all about that. So now back to our regularly scheduled programming. Without further ado, here's Dara Goldberg. Let's go. Hey, Dara, thank you so much for being with me again today. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to have you back. And I'm thinking about what you've done since we last spoke. And I'm kind of flabbergasted, to be honest with you, which is why I wanted to have you back on the podcast. You've been a busy lady. Oh, who's speaking here? Oh, oh my goodness. (laughs) This podcast has just blossomed, and I love watching it of every episode. So thank you. Thank you for that. So let's talk about the Endless Beauty Collective. So you started your journey leaving corporate. Mm-hmm. starting loving midlife mm-hmm. and it was kind of like this it was kind of like a general idea of love in midlife right and now and somewhere along the line that flipped into you having a real mission to impact the beauty industry and the language that they use the anti-aging icky language that they use you like that I'm I'm so eloquent. The icky language that they use around aging that affects us all and our our view of ourselves. So tell me, when did this switch? I feel like it was always there for you, but when did it become a mission to turn into this Endless Beauty Collective that you've started? I love that you asked. Um, So if I can kind of go back to the corporate career piece, I was doing management consulting for 20 plus years and I hit 42 and I was, you know, kind of this, I don't love this anymore. What's wrong with me? You know, I have the best colleagues, the money's good, the work is meaningful and nothing was lighting me up. I didn't even want to go to work. And I did what society tells us is happening. I said, oh, you know, I'm crazy. Something's wrong with me. Why don't I love all of this, right? I should be more appreciative. And therefore I had to be having the midlife crisis. And I was like, that makes no sense. Even though the emotions were just really difficult. I was worried about myself. I was questioning everything. But the, um, you know, I call it kind of the emotions were the data. And behind that was this incredible growth spurt. It's not a midlife crisis. It's a midlife growth spurt. And it's so natural. And we women, you know, 
at different ages go through these growth spurts, right? And so that, as soon as I kind of became clear about that, it told me, one, I needed to pivot, which was very risky and people thought I was crazy, some, um, but I needed to do it. And that the pivot needed to be a more activist piece or mission-driven piece around all the stigmas and stereotypes about women in midlife that just need to be kicked to the curb. So midlife crisis, right? Our growth stops. It's all decline and decay. And, you know, we're all unhappy. All those generalizations. And I feel like society ties a ribbon around the challenges because they're there, right? We can't deny it. But mm -hmm. they only, it, they tie a ribbon around the bad stuff and don't even showcase or let every generation know it's actually an amazing period. So that's where the evolution of Love and Midlife came about. It's Love and Midlife movement for women. And it was me going from being a partner in a small firm, but a firm to my first time with being a solopreneur. And, uh, you know, I was saying to you earlier, Yvonne, the shocking difference was when I was 22 and started at my firm, nothing, I had no fear, nothing was going to stop me. You know, I had that uh, sense of abandon. And when I hung my quote unquote shingle for love and midlife, I was like, wait a minute, I, I'm not as fearless. I, I feel great. I feel activated. Like this is the right thing to do. Like that confidence was there, mm -hmm. but that other 20 something piece, I had to find who that 42, 43 year old person was. And so it really, it was a different Dara and a different kind of package. I'm not sure I'm explaining it very well, but it it was a different identity. And so it was coming to know who I am then. I mean, I'm now 56, but um, I would say that is a really important piece, I think, that I, it would have helped me to understand going into entrepreneurship is you can't rely on who you were. It's who mm -hmm. you are now. Does that make sense? It does to a certain extent. Absolutely. Although I do think that who you were feeds into who you are. And it, and so True. all of the skills that we have developed over a lifetime, I think, then tend to come into play as we get older it, it, in magical ways. It's like I think back on, on my background and can see how my background in theater is helping me. There's just skills that you develop doing whatever you've done along your life path that then translate into something that you can use as a benefit, mm -hmm. as the thing, as like your superpowers that you've right. taken for granted your whole life that suddenly are like, oh, this helps me be a kick-ass 
entrepreneur. I had yeah. I have a question for you and what you were just talking about just now. Did, when you were with your previous position, you were a partner in that. So yeah. you actually were an entrepreneur from the beginning, but you made a flip. It sounds like from entrepreneurship as, as a partner to being mm-hmm. a solopreneur. Is that more on target? Yeah, that's a better way to describe it. I never... I mean, yeah, you're right, because I came into the firm and it was just doing a small piece of work. And basically, I was 24 at the time, 25, maybe. And it was, you know, if you can think back to your 20s and somebody says to you, this may not work, but I'm giving you a shot, build up this side of the firm you know, and I'll bring you on board and blah, blah, blah. And this, that's what I mean is I had no clue what to do, how to do it, but I was like, I'm going to make this happen. Right. And sometimes um, not knowing how difficult something really is can actually be to your benefit. Right. And the other thing that you made me think about is I didn't know so much when I, started at my previous firm, how strongly I felt about mission and purpose and Mm -hmm. that being such a core piece of what drives me. And it, it was in many ways when, when I was that young, but what it is now is kind of the totality of who I am. So when I started love and midlife, you know, and, and then since then the endless beauty collective, it, it couldn't not happen. Like it was something, and I don't remember the the quote, but it's, it's, you know, it's right when it's something you can't not do. So I want to know, this is the, this is where I've got so much curiosity about uh, your journey is that you established love in midlife. And then what happened that made you go enough already? I'm tackling this huge industry issue. (laughs) Yeah, crazy, but I absolutely love it. I call it my legacy. I want to leave. I think, well, I know that through creating love in midlife, I was having conversations with hundreds of women and it was everything from, you know, menopause to relationships to how we feel about our bodies, aging, how we feel about aging overall. And what was so clear was how so so much of it is positive and how much pride and, yeah, pride we feel in our wisdom and the, the fact that we do believe, I'm not speaking for everyone, I'm saying, the hundreds of women that I was speaking to and learning from were saying, I feel more beautiful now than ever. And I can speak for myself and say that I don't, you know, the wrinkling and all that isn't always easy, but I embrace it as part of this aging experience. And then, you know, I take a look at the beauty industry and these same women I'm speaking with are saying, why is society saying it's a privilege to age, but we should hide all visible signs of it, right? Like, 
who made the rules around what defines or qualifies as beautiful? And moreover, why do those rules, um, why are those rules such that it's reserved for the young? And we should, as we age, one, if there's an expiration date and it declines, which <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of that, right? It's not true. And that we need to do everything possible to achieve an unachievable goal anyway, which is to stay young. And I, that breaks my heart. And there's so many women, I have a feeling you're one of them, who feels the same way. And it's time to take the power back and have the industry, I'm going on and on here, Yvonne, you know me, have <laughs> the industry um, stop play, telling us what our problem is and that our problem is we're aging and our beauty is declining and ending. And instead to play this amazing role that I would embrace with open arms, which is meet our needs and interests, not problems, and keep us healthy and looking and feeling as beautiful as we are forever, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, do you see the shift there? I absolutely do. I, so, so I'm, so I'm going gray I've, and I've, I've been going gray for a long time, but I was, I was coloring and I've decided in the past couple of years, I'm done. I'm tired of the four week ritual oh. and, yeah. you know, and curious about what it even looks like under there, you mm -hmm. know, um, curious instead of fearful being key. And yeah. I look at myself now and I, in my forties, I just saw the aging and I saw it with, with horror and 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 a lot of discomfort and 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 all the judgment that comes from what we have all bought into mm -hmm. about what aging is and i think it it led me to think oh this is the beginning of the end this is the beginning of losing my my health my independence so these are the outward signs that that's where i'm headed and and I didn't even realize that this is the game I was playing on myself Sure. until I started, until I, I realized that I needed to change my stinking thinking and I changed my morning routine and I started taking better care of myself. And when I did that, I started feeling better. I had more energy. And once I had more energy, I got excited about feeling better and thought it doesn't all have to be decline. Mm -hmm. And I started to get hopeful then about being able to make an impact until I leave this earth. And once I had that kind of hopefulness, that's when I realized, oh, I was telling myself I'm getting old and it's all over, that it's all downhill. Mm -hmm. And when I look at myself in the mirror now and see the wrinkles, it's kind of more interesting to me and because I feel happier and more content with who I am, mm -hmm. I feel more beautiful. I was so critical of myself as a young woman. Oh, 
and having nothing to do with wrinkles and the anti-aging stuff that they were talking about in the beauty industry, just not feeling comfortable in my own skin. And now I feel more comfortable with who I am. And I want to celebrate that. Absolutely. And I think a key word that you use there is choice and, you know, choosing because we were fed these messages, right? And expectations. And we don't, I mean, why would we be able to step back and say, wait a minute, I get to choose if I want to buy into them or not. And I can choose how we can't control everything. We can do whatever we can to stay healthy, but there's obviously things out of our control. But the things that we can control, we can make a choice about how do we want to experience aging, right? How do we not, how the beauty industry tells us anti-everything and stay young, but stay feeling and looking beautiful. And I don't think it's just feeling. Like there's a lot about, you know, women in midlife and beyond, it, the inner beauty becomes more pronounced. And while I do believe that, like I'm more in touch with that, I don't think it means the outer beauty lessens. I think it absolutely becomes more pronounced, if anything, also. And I love that I mean, another great point you made is how when you feel like it's a choice and not being like pushed on you, there's that sense of self-actualization and there's this, this lightning like you described where you really get to be who you want in the world. I'm wondering, so real quick, what I want you to do is talk about exactly what you're doing with the Endless Beauty Collective. I call it, it's a strategy, it's a community, and it's a pledge. And the, and a mission, obviously. There's two pieces to the strategy. One is, I call it kind of the grassroots piece, which is we, women, need to show that we're taking the power back and we're done with, you know, being lied to that our beauty's going away, right? And all that, buy the magic products that'll keep us young. And because what's happening is they are selling us on those messages and we're buying the products, right? So they rely on that. Um, but I want to be really careful that I'm talking about the beauty industry writ large. There are so many beauty brands that totally get it, do not, you know, do any ageist anything and even have their own campaigns. So I want to just make that very clear. I'm not bashing specific brands. Um, but so the grassroots piece is that we women need to come on board. And the way I'm doing that, you can think of it as like signing a petition in that I'm trying to build this community of 30,000 women. That's my number. Like you say at 90, you're going to dye your hair red. I want 30,000 women to sign up for the collective, you know, on my website 
because then we have the heft to be able to go to beauty brands and the media, because the beauty editors of all these magazines, they're the places women go to find the products. So if they're saying anti-aging this and youth that, then mm -hmm. it all gets reinforced. But yes. if we have this enormous community of influence, we can then do the other track of my collective, which is that I'm supporting and, and by supporting, I mean kind of trying to get greater attention and get us to buy from the, let's call them pro-age brands. And what I mean is brands that have no anti-aging or youth serum stuff in any of their messaging, marketing, but it goes beyond that. It's not just changing the copy, right? The wording, it's they their culture and their ethos is, you know, it reinforces that a woman's beauty is endless. And it reinforces that they see their role as helping us stay healthy and, you know, looking and feeling beautiful. And are you giving them badges, like a little badge of the Endless Beauty Collective stamp of approval? So, yeah, with the beauty brands, there's two pieces. There's the brands that are already phenomenal and pro-age. With them, I've created this pledge that I want them to take. And it's easy for them because they're basically already doing it, which is you pledge to use no ageist language and you pledge to use language that reinforces the truth about around our endless beauty and you know forever vital like positive words that speak to us and our aging experience so and then um, that you create it or embed it in your corporate culture and that often requires you know I've just developed a training curriculum it often requires like retraining and shifting the mindset of your salespeople, your marketing team, you, you know, how you talk, you brands talk to the media. And, and then the other piece, so for them, it's taking the pledge and then they put the seal that says they've taken the pledge and it says brands against ageism on their packaging and their website so that you and me and all of us women can look for it and know we're buying from brands that are not telling us we suck because we're aging. And does this also, are you also taking into account the imagery that they use and the models yeah. that they use in their campaigns and everything else? Because so much of what we take in is visual as well as, you know, some people You're pull right. it in from the written word and some people pull it in from the imagery that's in front of them. And sometimes I've noticed that brands that um, are pro-age, they will they will have the pro-age language and then they'll have a model who is very youthful looking, but might right. have gray hair. <laughs> and I do think, I think um, we have to be careful and there's advertisers, you know, who will talk about this and marketing agencies who are trying to serve our population and are saying to brands, we can tell when all you've done is replace some words, but you're still using, to your point, like only young models, or you're still 
naming your products anti-aging this, or you're still, you're not walking the walk, right? So I think we may be succeeding in having more brands get a FOMO. I don't want to miss out on this shift that more women are willing to close their wallets to ageist brands and open them to only not ageist. But we have to make sure those brands are actually genuinely believing it and that you see it in the way they describe the company and not just the messaging. But going back to what you said, Ivana, I think you're so right about the imagery and how visual we all are, and subliminally so, right? Like we don't realize it. And I would love, I mean, I invite whoever's listening to this to get in touch with me and tell me what we can do more of it with all the models and images and all that to really work on changing that as well. You're making me realize I need to add that to the pledge. Oh, okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, very cool. So what have you, I do have one more question, two, I guess two questions. Sure. One question is what was it that made Dara go? That's it. I'm doing this thing. Was there a moment? I mean, I, I think it came in part out of my own, or I'm sure it did, out of my own struggles with looking at my sunspots and looking at my wrinkles and looking at my creppy legs and saying, literally, I'm not going to wear shorts anymore. And then say, what the heck are you talking about, Dara? Like, you love parading around in cutoff jean shorts. Like, that's... And I think it was like really trying to get in touch with where are these thoughts coming from, right? And and again, like hearing other women have the same conversations or be further along in realizing that these are messages that one, don't serve us, right? Hurt us. And they're not things that we came up with in the first place. And so, you know, I learned a lot from speaking with the other women who, again, were kind of already down that path of, I'm not listening to what society is saying. But then, you know how you hit that point where you're just ready to see things differently. I, I do think that's like a, a click. What turned it into a business idea? Where did you go from Love and Midlife to Endless Beauty Collective? Can you identify yeah, that? Funny that moment or was it have to reflect on that because it evolved and I I think the more actively engaged I was at becoming more aware of what the myths and misconceptions and stereotypes about us and our experience of aging is or are I that one the anti-aging and stay young piece was just so in my face and so bubbling up. And it was to the point where, you know how like you get a new red car and all of a sudden you notice red cars everywhere, right? Yes. It Uh was like all of a sudden I was seeing anti-aging this and, you know, youth serum that, and I couldn't stop seeing it like on Instagram and everywhere. And I realized I... 
I can't not do this. And it's bold. It won't happen in my lifetime. But I owe it to my two young adult daughters to to do what I can. And I owe it to you. And I owe it to her. And I owe it to her. And right? Yeah. And to myself. I love it. I, I mean, I think about young women using anti-aging, you know, products, which they do. There's women, there's women in their twenties who are worried about their lines. You know, I think I probably was, I think I was probably one of those girls, you know, thinking about eye cream and I'm like, really? How amazing would it be if we could change this eventually, this whole thinking. And as you said, you weren't even aware of it. I was at a, a party store to try to get something for my mom's 80th birthday. So I went to the party, the, that zone, you know, and I ran into the old age over 50 over the hill zone. And I was standing there and because of this podcast and because of all these conversations that I'm in the middle of all the time, you Mm -hmm. know, I just was like horrified by all of the thing, caution, old age, all the different things that were there. And I'm standing there gaping at everything I'm seeing up on the, up on the wall. And this guy rounds the corner and he's like, he, he sees me and he's like, Hey, looks like we're going to the same party. And I turned to him and I, and I was like, actually, I'm kind of horrified by all this. And he was like, Oh, well, I, I guess we won't talk about that then. (laughs) And I started laughing and I was like, I said, I'm, I'm that woman. I'm like, I'm that person. I, I have a podcast where we talk about, you know, pro-aging stuff. So, you know, we made, yeah. we laughed and we got there, but I, I scared the man. <laughs> that I mean, you spoke your mind. Good and for he, you, your truth. I was absolutely there with the mess. I mean, that's what I mean. Like the messages were so deep and how could they not be? Nor do I mean to say they're not still there, right? I mean- Oh no, yeah, it's all still there. Absolutely. It's for sure, and yeah. I think it's really important to to let you know all women know and the women listening that it's not, it's a no judgment zone. Like do Botox, do fillers, do, you know, I don't know the names of all the stuff, but do you just make sure it's your choice and you're doing it for you. Like not because you're afraid that, you know, or that you want to look younger, that kind of thing. So, absolutely, but it, absolutely. I, would I mean, never, yeah. my friend Lou Blazer likes to say there's no midlife police, you know, yeah. there's no aging police. Like you That's do it great... your way, you know? Yeah, I <laughs> love that. I love and, that. Like, if you want to color your hair, color your hair. If you want to wear a short mini skirt, wear a short mini skirt. Just don't let anybody else tell you what's age appropriate or what you need to be doing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. No, I always feel great when I have these conversations with you. Me too. Me too. So what have you learned about yourself on this solopreneur entrepreneurship journey? So much. I mean, so much. And I think when you're knowing myself and kind of 
I call it liking the DARA package for arguably, you know, it wasn't till really my 40s that I did. And so be doing this with feeling that way and feeling like, and not every day by any means, but a lot of days or more days than not, feeling like the world needs me. The world needs me to be doing this. And that isn't something I had ever, certainly had never felt, but I never even understood the concept of feeling that it's not just me wanting to do it, but me having so much to contribute to the world. And that is something that over the past 10 years of being a solopreneur has really you know, evolved. And then the other piece is just do it anyway, right? Like have my fears, embrace my fears, have the bad days where I'm like, what the heck am I doing? And do it anyway, you know, and be really good to ourselves. Call friends, right? It's it's the self-care piece too. Mm-hmm. So I think that part is just cannot be understated, the importance of the self-care piece. Yeah. That it's not selfish, that it is right. the thing that can sustain you so that you can go out and make a difference in the world and be there for other people. Yeah, and be kind. You know, we want to be kind to other people. We also, it's hard to remember to be kind to ourselves sometimes. It really is. It really it? is. Yeah. Oh, Dara, I am so impressed by the challenge that you've taken on. And, Thank you. you know, you, was it Martin Luther King or or Nelson Mandela that was like, you have to be a little crazy to make a difference in the world or something like that. I'm oh, completely it. butchering it, I'm sure. But I, that is, that's how things happen. Yeah. And we're all in this together, right? Like we need, I think as women, and especially, you know, given what a huge number and growing we are women, you know, 45 and plus and older, we have to come together and be a force to be reckoned with, right? So I think we need each other in a profoundly positive way. And I'm not afraid to say that. And I love, I think the only way this will ever work or any of the work that we're all trying to do is if we come on and be a force, you know, in droves. So that's why I think building a community whatever the work is, is so key and feels so good too. Community, man, there's another touchstone. Wow. Yeah. Dara, I'm just so pleased to have you back for this Where Are They Now episode. How can people find you and learn more about if they want to take the pledge, if they want to find out more about the Endless Beauty Collective, where do they go? Um, It's endlessbeautycollective.com. And when you go there, please, please, please sign up because that is the way that you're signing the petition and becoming part of the community, the voice, if you will. And two, if you're a beauty brand, then 
it's a work in progress, but I'm developing a brand's page. But get in touch with me and I can walk you through, if you're already pro-age, I can let you know what I wanna do for you. If you're not yet, but you're on the cusp or wanting to make that shift, I can walk you through the process and you know, figure out how you benefit from it. And then lastly, I just wanted to say that also on the website, I created, it's called the ProAge Beauty Brand Guide. And it's a guide I keep adding to of brands that are not in any way ageist. And it's organized by skincare, hair care, makeup. And my goal is that that makes it much easier for us to decide we want to shop either only or also from pro-age brands. So I can't tell you how grateful I am, Yvonne. Thank you. I'm grateful as well. Um, Thank you for being here again with me. Yay. Well, there you have it. There are a couple of things Dara said that have really stuck with me. She said, we can do whatever we can to stay healthy, but there's obviously things out of our control. And then within those things that we can control, we can make a choice about how do we want to experience aging. I love that. What's within your control? That's that's what you get to manage. And then she said, you know, in reference to this time of our life, that there's this sense of self-actualization. There's this lightning where you really get to be who you want to be in the world. Yeah, that's what this is all about. If you want more information about Dara Goldberg or the Endless Beauty Collective, you can find a link to her website in the show notes. Just go to latebloomerliving.com and look for episode 145. And remember to leave me a voicemail by Wednesday, May 31st to help me celebrate our third anniversary. Um, That's uh, May 31st at midnight Eastern time. And man, I'd love to have your voice on that podcast episode. So again, to do that, you go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast. Scroll down that page till you see the message to leave me a voicemail. Don't be shy. Don't be humble. I really want to hear all about whatever is lighting up your life right now. Okay? Okay. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.